Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what's hot in the news, or any topic that can help us lose weight, be healthier, or live longer better. Today's topic is carbs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. For those of you that need a little background on that, the good and the bad and the ugly was a 1960s spaghetti western with Clint Eastwood just after his rowdy Yates days, if you all remember. Of course, he was the good guy in the movie. And the storyline was there were three old-fashioned gunslingers looking for a huge cache of Confederate gold. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about the good, bad and the ugly with regards to carbs. And of course, Clint Eastwood is going to be the good carb in my story. After all, it's my story. And the big cache of gold is going to be the big, great health reward that is being sought by everybody. Okay? So we all want good health. So what do I mean by good carbs, bad carbs, and ugly carbs? In fact, I guess I should start with what is a carb? You know, we we talk about protein, fat, and carbs, but what is a carb? Carbohydrates are just where plants store their energy. When we eat plants, we get the plant's energy that we can use along with all the other nutrients that they've made. So everything that grows contains carbs, vegetables, fruits, grains, legumes, nuts, seeds. Then, of course, when you eat those carbs, Our body converts it to blood sugar that fuels our body. However, your body can make its own blood sugar, but that's another story. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly carbs. You know, it can get downright confusing. Some authorities will say you should eliminate all carbs almost entirely and just eat fat and protein instead. Like the Eskimos, you know, with their whale blubber. That's their whole diet, pretty much. Bacon is great. Butter is better. Just no carbs, not even vegetables. Hard for me to understand that. I mean, I met a doctor at a seminar last month that had only eaten meat, grass-fed organic meat, for five years. She looked great. And in fact, she had reversed a really big disease eating this way. So what am I going to tell her? I cannot figure out that one, but we're all different. Other authorities are going to just say, cut back on carbs. And some theories suggest steering clear of carbs all day and then consuming them all in the evening. Who are we to believe? Do they know what's right for everybody? And then you've got the food guide pyramid from a government that says that we should eat eight to 10 servings of grains alone every day. And then another five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables. All of those are carbs. And frankly, I think if you want to make people sick, you have a meat that way. It's an overload of starches. You want people to be obese? That's what you do. Of course, unless, of course, you're going to be walking behind a plow all day or an Olympic athlete. I don't know too many people that burn a lot of calories these days. So what are you going to do? Your friend at work followed a high-protein diet, lost a ton of weight. But when you tried it, you were on the couch and you felt lousy. So what's the real scoop? First of all, understand not all carbs are created equal. You can't lump them all in the same category. If you listen to my show that I did on the CGM, that continuous glucose monitor that I wore for a couple weeks, you'll know that some skyrocketed my blood sugars while others didn't. And it's not as straightforward and simple 
as avoiding carbs. And to make matters more confusing, we each react differently to different carbs. It's just so complex. We digest and absorb differently. Stress makes a difference. Sleep makes a difference. Our level of enzymes that break things down are different. You may have more than I do. You may have less than I do. What else makes a difference is, you know, the the whole components of what's in the meal. If you eat protein first before you eat carbs, that's going to make a difference. How much fat in the meal changes everything. You know, they're all absorbed differently. No wonder we're confused. No two people are alike. You can't give blanket advice. Even though every piece of bread and pasta and bagel and cake and cookie and cracker and muffin and fruit and vegetable and bean and grain ultimately ends up as blood sugar, they're all different and we're all different. Some carbs are simple carbs, meaning they just about rush right into the bloodstream like jet fuel and they send your body into orbit followed by a dramatic NASA or SpaceX ocean crash. So let's look at the simple carbs first. These I'm going to term the ugly because those simple carbs move into that bloodstream like jet fuel. They spike your blood sugar. You know, they have fewer molecules binding them together. So these are like your white foods, your refined foods, all the fibers stripped out of them. So they're just digested quickly right into the bloodstream. Refined sugars, simple sugars, you know, you're talking anything that is labeled as sugar, but raisins, all juice, because everything's been stripped out, all simple carbohydrates, low fiber, high carb. You know, fiber slows down how your body is going to absorb. And it's just as much more than just the carbs. It's what it does to your balance sugar. You know, and on insulin and blood sugar spikes. So it's not just the total carbs. It's about what they do to the sugar balance. You know, you've you've got blood sugar spiking. You can have insulin resistance and more. Blood sugar swings don't just affect those with diabetes. They affect all of us. If you overeat, if you get overloaded and your body gets stressed, you're going to get sleepy, dull, have brain fog. Blood sugar swings affect so many hormones, your appetite hormones, weight, especially targeted around the waistline, moods, and they leave us more susceptible to chronic diseases like heart disease and cancer and autoimmune conditions like psoriasis and Hashimoto's and rheumatoid and more. Like I always say, if I were the devil and I couldn't outright kill people, I'd get them addicted to sugar. Yes, it causes disease. There is no redeeming value for sugar, but the other carbs, well, we are all different, and we'll talk about them later. But if you do those, overdo those simple sugars, your blood sugar spikes are going to cause rapid aging, wrinkles, glycation. When cells get sugar stuck on them, it's going to cause them to kind of rust. Sugar is going to cause you to wrinkle faster, age faster, and be more prone to all those diseases. Sugar and simple carbs, very inflammatory as well. And you know inflammation is the root cause of just about every disease from heart disease to cancer. And it's a huge increased risk for dementia. So it doesn't stop there. If you overdo sugars more than you can handle, 
Well, then there's the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. There's gallbladder disease. And that insulin resistance that causes what I call the whack-a-mole of alphabet diseases that goes along with it. So I guess we need to understand the breakdown of every carbohydrate you eat. Every piece of bread and pasta and bagel and cookie and cake and muffin and fruit and vegetable, they all end up with glucose. But now we need to think about the complex carbs. This is where it gets better. Complex carbs are like whole, unmilled grains that move more slowly into the bloodstream. They're not going to have a dramatic effect on blood sugar. However, as soon as you grind them into flour, the body doesn't need to digest much, and that's going to cause a bigger spike. It's kind of like white rice versus brown rice. They kind of look alike, but they are not alike. Then you've got store-bought, so-called whole wheat bread or muffins that are made with flour that causes a spike in blood sugar much more than real whole grain like Ezekiel 4-9 bread or the sprouted grain bread that you can actually see the oats and the barley in there. Or it's like whole grain oats rather than the instant packaged oatmeal that's got added sugars. Complex carbs, starches, you know, they've got their sugars are bound together and they're branching. You know, if you look at them under a microscope, you're going to see a lot more complex structure. So the body's got to work hard to break it down. And these complex carbs are packed with fiber and vitamins and minerals that accompany all those sugars. So, you know, you got all the green vegetables, you got whole grains, not the phony advertised ones, and you've got legumes. You know, years ago, this was like in the 90s when I was in dietetic school, there was this concept that came out about the glycemic index. It came out of Australia, and I remember the U.S. poo-hooed it, but with my personal background in insulin resistance, I knew they had something. The glycemic index takes into account how your carbohydrates are digested and how quickly foods break down into glucose in the body, how they spike. So the glycemic index, or even better, glycemic load for the meal, that's the best. You know, all those rapidly absorbed ones, the sugars, the starches, as well as the glycemic index, if you isolate the sugars in a carrot, eat it alone, that glycemic index can be pretty high. But if you consider the rate at which they're broken down because there's so many fibers in there, that's the glycemic load. The absorption is very slow. That's what we want, a slow, steady rise with no spiking that is going to attach to every cell. So when you eat those carbs, food made of sugar and starches, your blood sugar rises and your pancreas releases the hormone insulin. Insulin's going to make that blood sugar go into your into the cell, but you if you eat too much, you might want to just consider insulin as a fat storage hormone. And it's going to bring the blood sugar down, sometimes too low. But when you eat complex carbs, your blood sugar stays steady throughout the day. You don't get those big swings that affect your hormones, your weight, your moods, and leaving you more susceptible to chronic diseases like heart disease and cancer and immune challenges to viruses and fatigue. Glycemic really means just causing sugar in the blood. In the blood. And so by 
choosing low glycemic, that means you control those swings and you have a stronger hand in reclaiming your health or that big cache of gold. So here's a little abbreviated list of the different categories of how sugar responds. The ugly first, pretty simple. Sugar, juices, ultra-processed food, they're the ugly. More research out all the time how processed stuff is just linked to disease, to shorter life, to lower IQ. I mean, you name it, they're bad for us. Yeah. And then you've got what we consider the high glycemic foods. They're bad because they cause the quick spikes. So you've got the instant oatmeal, you've got the raisins, you have a baked potato, you have white rice, bagels, muffins, macaroni, french fries, spaghetti, cornflakes, rice noodles, big spikes, making you more disease prone. Then you have the medium glycemic. Not super bad, but you've got to be careful. And watch how you react. You may have some very high reactions on some of these. I know I do. So you have got brown rice, you've got dates, you've got plantain, you've got cassava, sweet potato. Like for me, cassava is like jet fuel, sweet potato, slow and easy. Then you've got corn on the cob, you've got regular old-fashioned oatmeal, quinoa, a ripe banana. Now to me, that goes crazy for me, but not everybody. You've got navy beans and the whole grain bread. Okay, those are the good. Now, or those, those are the ones that, that aren't bad. We'll put it that way. But now we've got the low glycemic foods. These are the good ones. These are Clint Eastwood's favorites. They're the non-starchy vegetables, black beans, all the berries, the lentils, pears, carrots, broccoli, almonds, and most nuts. Most important thing I can suggest is to listen closely to how your body handles the food. Before we had a lot of testing methods, I figured out my best diet by how I felt, how easily I gained weight on food, and where I gained it as well. How my mood was, how my stamina was, how my energy was, and how I slept. Your body's going to talk to you, but you have to listen closely. You know, do you have a pattern of wanting to eat simple carbs at certain times of the day? Is it because you had a blood sugar drop and you're on a roller coaster? Sugar fluctuations cause cravings. Or does your mood fluctuate with your carb intake? High and low, anxious, depressed? Do you see how carb intake may be affecting your sleep patterns or how hungry you are from breakfast to lunch? I know when I did the CGM, the Continuous Glucose Monitor Challenge with high glycemic foods, as my blood sugar went up and spiked, my appetite did too. I thought about food all day long. And even those chips and tortillas that are grain-free, their carb content may be impacting how your body is balanced. So I, I think everybody should try one of those CGMs. I think the tracking is going to allow you to begin to uncover which carbs make you feel better and stronger and which ones make you feel worse. But in general, low glycemic foods, you can't go wrong. High vegetable, good things that are going to happen when you're eating the low starch, high vegetables. You know, it's like getting the cache of gold in the movie. They're high in fiber. It's going to keep you full longer and make you avoid overeating. It's going to provide you sustained energy going to lower your cholesterol levels. It's going to sweep toxins out of the body. It's going to stabilize blood sugar and insulin levels. 
high in vitamins, minerals, enzymes, and those 25,000 phytonutrients I talk about all the time, helping to prevent chronic disease, helping you feel full without a lot of calories, stimulates metabolism, promotes fat loss, feeds the good healthy microbes, and they are really nutrient-dense, so you get a lot of nutrition for your meal. No empty calories, you feel great. That's where most of my meals come from. Then I add some super healthy fats, some quality protein, and I'm golden. So if you need help figuring out what you need to do, go to my website, debfort.com, can sign up for an appointment, and we'll get started. Or I'm going to be having another 90-day program starting right after the holidays. So if you're ready to learn how your body reacts, what your body loves, so you can be your healthiest. So also, if you want to listen to this show again, it's going to be posted on my website or on iTunes. Be sure to like it so more people can hear the message and they can get healthier. As always, I hope you learned something that will help you or someone you love. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and remember to do something really healthy for yourself today.